0: Alright, so we'll say good morning. Let's begin. So today's daf is Chav Dalid. We're picking up at the Mishnah Chav Gimel Amud Bey. Says the Mishnah Vechen Shnei Anoshim Ze Omer Kohenani Vze Omer Kohenani. So, we have two people who come along. This one says, I'm a Kohen. And this one says, I'm a Kohen. So what's the And the Mishnah says, Einan They're not believed. Narashi Rashi says over here, what does it mean, ne'emanin? What does it mean? They want Rishon and Shul. What's, what's the issue over here? So Rashi says, Einan truma. No, no, no. This is not about getting the first aliyah, Right. This is about getting Truma. So if each one shows up and says, I'm a Kohen. This one says, I'm a Kohen. This one says, I'm a Kohen. So we do not believe them in order to give them Truma. However, but, if they testify about one another, then in fact they are believed. Then in fact they are believed. So Rashi says over kohen. Now, in essence, what's happening over here is each one is still testifying about himself and about his fellow. So as such, again, you, you have, so each one is testifying about himself and his fellow, they're, they're believed. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says no, <laughs> so, we'll say in the, so according to the Tanakh, according to the Rabbana, the first opinion of the Mishnah, all you need is an Eid Echad, one witness, to testify that someone is a Kohen. Rabbi Huda comes along and says, No, you cannot elevate someone to the Kohenah on the basis of the testimony of one witness. Amr Rabbi Lazer, Sirbosa Machlokis Rabbanon, Rabbi Huda. Rabbanon say Eid Echad works for the Kahuna. Rabbi Huda says Eid Echad does not work for the Kahuna. Amr Rabbi Elazar, E Masai, when is this true? When is this true? where there are people who are objecting to this individual's claim that he is an Eid Echad, excuse me, that he's a Kohen, I'm sorry, Rashes, psul, where this individual who's saying that he's a Kohen, others are disagreeing and saying, that no, he's not a Kohen, he's a Psul. But where there are no, no one who is objecting to this individual's claim, then Then you can elevate someone to the Kohen on the basis of the testimony of one witness. Rabbi so Luzer, Rabbi Eulazar seems to be coming along and qualifying Rabbi Huda's statement. Then, when does Rabbi Huda require to aid him? That's only when there's order in, that's only when there's someone who's objecting. But if there is no one who is objecting to this individual's claim that he, in fact, is a coin, then say you can't go ahead and elevate someone to the Kahuna on the basis of an Eidach. Is the objection what he was, but he puzzled himself? No, he's puzzle, he's puzzle, he's a chal, he's a mamzer, he's whatever it is. Says, Mishum Rabbi Shimon Ben says, "Comes Shem Ben Gav says in the name of Rabbi Ben that we do go ahead and elevate someone to the Kuna on the basis of an Eid So Reboshem Rabbi Shem Ben says, excuse me, the Rabbanan and Rabbi Yehuda, the Rabbanan say you can go ahead and elevate a person to the status of a Kohen on the basis of an Eid Echad, and Rabbi Huda says you cannot, Rabbi Eliezer goes ahead and qualifies the Machlokas to say that that's only when there's an objection, that's when you need two witnesses. but in the absence of any objections, everyone will agree that Lamaisa and Eid Echad will work, says the Gemara, kolhani l'amalim, the Gemara is asking a different kind of question the Gemara says over here look at Rashi Kolhani the Tanamas Nisan Hashimim Apeshah hitir. He will say now all the previous Mishnahis until this one have all dealt with cases of Apesha Asar Hu This principle that when you go ahead and you are the one who brings certain information to light, so you are also believed to qualify that information. So Limar now is asking, why do we need so many cases to illustrate that same point? We've had a number of Mishnayis to illustrate it. So why do we need all those Mishnayis? Kalani Lamali. We need all of them. I'll tell you why. The Rabbi Yoshua. I was remember the first case of pesha Asar Hu was the case of where... I go over to Reuven, I say, Reuven, you know, this piece of land that I have, that I own, I bought it from your father. So Rabbi Yeshua was the one who said in that case, we, I am believed, why? Because, So had we just said that case, the the real estate case, because in that case, there's the potential loss of money. Because remember, again, had I now that I say something, so perhaps Ruvin could object to the fact that I'm not really the owner. So perhaps in a case like that, where there is the potential loss of money. I am believed when I go ahead and I give this information because again, if it wasn't true, then why would I say anything and run the potential risk of losing my land? Aval Eden, but in the case of Aydin, remember the case of the Eden was the case of where the witnesses said, yes, this is our signature, but what? We were coerced, right? Or we were ketanim, I would have thought maybe in the case of Adim we shouldn't believe them, the Lek-a-Jerar de Mamona, because there's no real loss, potential loss for them. in other, words, we'll say, had we just stated the first case of Rabbi Yoshua, which was a real estate case, I would have said, when do we say Apesh Shastra Apesha Hitir? that's when there's a potential financial loss for the person making the statement. That it, because again, the fact that they could suffer potential financial loss, but they still make the statement, indicates that what? That what they're saying must be true. But perhaps if there's no potential financial loss, then why should I believe their statement? V'itana Adim, and if we would have just said the case of Adim, which is the case where say where the witnesses say, this is our signature but we were coerced, I would have said, Mishum alma. The reason why they're believed in that case is because again they're giving testimony that impacts others but does not impact themselves, and maybe that's why they're believed because they have no vested interest to lie. But in the case again of the real estate transaction where I am benefiting myself when I say that the land is mine, perhaps we should not be believed. Perhaps I should not be believed in such a case like that. (laughs) Top of chavdalid. And if we would have just learned these first two cases, i.e., the case of Rabbi Yoshua, the real estate case, this land used to belong to your father, but now I earn it uh, own it, and the witnesses' case, this is our signature, these are our signatures, but we were coerced. I would have said Mishum Dimamona, because they both say, these cases involve monetary law. So perhaps we say, in cases of monetary law, Aval ishes ish. The Isurah, but in the case of Isha ish, remember what was the case of Isha Sish? Ish, ish? This was the case of where a woman said, I was married, but now I'm divorced. Was married, but now I'm divorced. So remember, we also said over there, so perhaps if I would have just said the first two cases, I would have said we only apply monetary cases, but in cases of Isser. Like where a woman says, I was married, but now I'm divorced. Perhaps we do not apply the Pesha Asar, Pesha Hitir idea, to which the Yimar's aim alone. Therefore, again, I need to include the Ish case as well. So, I said, so now we've established so far why I need the real estate case why I need the witnesses' case and why I need the marriage case. I was married, but now I'm divorced. So even though again, those are all illustrations of the same principle of they could not have been learned out one from the other. However, again, uh, but why do I need the case? of where she says, I was taken captive, but I was not violated. So remember, the Mishnah said same thing. I was taken captive, but I wasn't violated. So why do I need that case? Meaning, that would seem to fit into the same situation as Isha Ish. And if you've already illustrated the concept of a by Hs-ish, why would I have to do it again over here? Because we need to go ahead and state the following case because <laughs> we need that case of Nishpesi tahorai to teach us the case that if she went ahead and she got married and then witnesses came along that said that she was violated, that's what that she does not have to leave her Kohanic husband to which the says <laughs> this is all just these are all cases mm-hmm. we learned <laughs> that makes sense according to the one who goes ahead and says that that statement. Of ba Ba'u Eidim is referring to the sefer is referring to the case of where she said Nishpaisi ani that I was taken captive, but I was not violated. El but the one who says Rabbah said it's referring to the following case that I was married, but now I am divorced. Mai then what can be said? Why do I need this particular case? the Lemisni SheNishbu or because we need to include the case of two women ultimately who were taken captive and I both say this is the case two women who were taken captive and each testifies about the other Why do I need this case of two women who were taken captive? I would have thought that when two women are taken captive and one says the other was not violated, right? And the other one says the other one was not violated. I would have said that we're choshesh for Gomlin. Gomlin Rebosei, means that we're choshesh perhaps for reciprocity, meaning maybe they're conspiring with one another in order to go ahead and testify on each other's behalf. Kamash Molon, no. Kamash Molon that we're not choshesh for that. The Gemara says, Kamash Molon, v'chein shnei anoshim lamali. So too, why do I need the case of shnei anoshim? They say this is the case over here of our Mishnah. shnei anoshim are the two guys who show up, and each one says, I'm a Kohen. The to Rabbi because we want to illustrate the Machlok, Rabbi Hud Namely, again, can you go ahead and make someone a coin on the basis of the testimony of an Eidachat? What the Gemara has just successfully done in just a couple of lines is explained why we needed all of the cases of Apesha Asura, Apesha Hitir up until now, because even though they are all apparently illustrating, not apparently, even though they are all illustrating the same exact principle of Hapasha or because they each have different nuanced understandings. Therefore, one could not be learned out from the other. And therefore, we need all of them until we finally come to this. And then, and then again, the case of the two women taken captive, we have that case because that teaches us that when people testify about each other, we don't have to automatically assume that there's some type of collusion until we finally come to this case where, again, our mission is not a or a ete, but rather again our mission is here to, to illustrate a more fundamental dispute between the Rabbanon and Rabbi Huda about whether or not you can make someone or establish someone a Kohen as a Kohen for truma purposes on the basis of the testimony of an eight Echad good Tan Rabbanon I Kohen the Haveri Kohen so guy, two people show up right? Reuven and Shimon and says I'm a Kohen and my friend Shimon is a Kohen so what's Talacha Ne'amon so such testimony is believed to go ahead and allow them to eat truma however Ve'ino la sio isha but it's not enough to allow them to get married. Now, what does this mean? So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, So, like, so watch this case. Reuven and Shimon show up. Reuven says, Shimon's a Kohen. Shimon says, Reuven's a Kohen. So fine. You have an eight Echad. Eight Echad, the, apparently the Gemara is saying over here, like the opinion of the Rabbanon, is enough to make someone a Kohen. For truma purposes, but, but, it's not enough for yichos purposes, meaning that we we could, it's interesting, you could establish him as a coin for truma-truma consumption, but not automatically for yichos, which means that, in other words, you can't rule out the fact that he's possibly a mamzer or an Asin or someone else. So he could eat truma, but he can't go ahead and marry as if he was genealogically unblemished. However, until you have three people. In other words, the Bible said the only time you can ascertain that someone's yichus is in order is when is when he has two witnesses. So apparently, one witness is necessary to truma; two witnesses for yichus. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi says, "We'll say it calls it three people, but it means a group of three. It means one person and two witnesses testifying against him." Rabbi Huda, Rabbi says, and Rabbi Huda disagrees, as he does in the Mishnah, that no, Eid Echad is not even good enough to allow this person to eat Truma. Even for Truma purposes, you can't eat Truma until one. Even for Truma, you can't eat Truma until one, until you have three people. In other words, two people testifying for each guy that he's a Kohen. Lememra. Now, is that saying that Rabbi Huda is choshesh for reciprocity? Meaning, is Rabbi Huda Khoshesh that perhaps not reciprocity, but more collusion? Right? Is he that there's some type of collusion over here? And the rabbis are not concerned for some type of collusion? But yet we learned the opposite. This man, we'll listen to this case. This is an interesting case, actually. We'll you have two merchants two merchants. Rashi says, So these are merchants that would go to the cities, to go out and sell their wares. So what happened? Listen to this. Listen to this. So two merchants show up in town and one guy says, Ah, my produce is chadash. My produce is Khadash, right? His produce is Yashan. And I was saying, I remember again. So which one is better? So look at Rashi over here. So this is not this is not over here Chadash and Yashan like Halachik Chadash and Yashan. This is Rashi over here, it says So also listen to this. So two merchants walk into the city. One says listen, my produce is not so good, right? But my friend's produce, oh, he's got the good produce. Or he says, you know what? My produce is not tithed. But my friend's produce, my friend's produce is tighter. I'm looking out for you, right? I want to, I want to do you a favor. Don't buy here, right? Go to my friend. So what's the halacha? We don't believe him. Now, we'll say, now why why don't we believe him? Rashi says, because again, essentially the Gemara says, we don't believe him, you know why? Because this is collusion. This is collusion. This doesn't make sense because this is not the way merchants work, right? Merchants do not go ahead and say, ah, that guy's produce is much better than mine. So this collusion, therefore again, we don't believe him. You know? so, so meaning, now, we don't care, if, what do you mean, we don't, we don't believe him if his produce is old or new, that doesn't matter to us. What matters to us more is in the case, ultimately, again, of where he says that it's tithed. Now, I'm both saying, now we're not going to get into this too much now, but remember, when we say we don't believe him, it doesn't automatically mean that we believe that therefore his produce is tithed. What we actually believe is, The same probability that his produce is not tithed is the same probability that what? That the other guy's produce is also not tithed. Because remember, when it comes to produce of Ameha Aretz, they have the status of Dhmai, which means again of questionable status to begin with. Rabbi Huda Huda says na'aman. says no. We believe the merchant. So most I say, here you see that the Rabbanon hold that what? He see that the Rabbanon hold that choshish for gomlin. We are choshish for collusion. We are choshish for collusion. And yet again, Rabbi Huda holds that we're not choshish for collusion. This contradicts what we said before. Because before we said, the Rabbanon are the ones who said that we are not choshish for collusion. And Rabbi Huda is... No problem, switch around the opinions. Switch around the opinions that it's the Rabbanon who hold that the merchant is believed, and Rabbi Yehuda does not, which would then again keep their Shitos in alignment, namely that the Rabbanon are the ones who are not for collusion, but Rabbi Yehuda is. So Abai says, No, don't switch around the Shitos. The rabbis were lenient, or the rabbis were lenient in their excuse me, the rabbis. They were lenient in the realm of Demai. In other words, Rabbi Yehuda holds that essentially when a, since Demai is rabbinic, lo, to be Demai ekilu rov ame ha'aretz the Rabbos say, remember, what are we dealing with over here? We're dealing with produce of an ama aretz. So there's a rabbinic gezeira against produce of an Am aretz that it's demai. Remember, demai is a contraction of two words, da What is this? Which means that the produce of an ama aretz is of questionable status because we don't know if it has been tithed or not. The reality is, the majority of Am Haaretz do tie their produce. Just for chosheh, we have we have a, a ben extrinsency. Therefore, Rabbi Huda seems to say in this particular case we could be mekel and not enforce the ben extrinsency. amrava Rava, Rava said Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda lo kasha, and therefore I will say that's why Rabbi Huda allows us to believe the merchant. Rava, on the other hand, says Amar Rava, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda kasha, the Rabbanan, the Rabbanan That's fine if you reconcile the posi- position of Rabbi Huda, but what about the contradiction in the shittos of the Rabbanan? Rather says Rabbi like this, Rabbi Huda's positions do not pose a contradiction as we said before. Because even though Rabbi Huda seems to normally be concerned for collusion, in this case he's not. Why? Because we could be mako, we could be lenient in the laws of Demai, and therefore we we'll believe what the merchant says. However, however, but why is there not a contradiction between the positions of the Rabbana? listen to this. because we, again, we apply the statement of Rabbi bar Barukva who said, umnaso biyado. What's the case over here in the merchants? The case of the merchants is where the merchant who is saying, my produce is inferior to my fellows. Or my produce is untithed. My fellows is tithed. What does he have with him? He has his utensils necessary for selling his produce. What does this mean? Look at Rashi. If you have a merchant who brought his grain to sell... He would bring certain utensils with him that, for, for selling purposes, kigon he would bring. I, I don't know what the I don't know what the technical name for this utensil is, but like a smoother. You know, if you're if you're if you're piling, uh, if you're if you're measuring out a pile of grain or a pile of some type of produce, something to smooth out the top. Smooth off the measure <speaking in Hebrew> So we'll say, so what's the case over here? The case over here is So Rabbi Rami Rechama qualifies this case He says yeah, excuse not Rabbi Rabbi, Rami Bar Khama. Rami Chama Bar Ukva. Rabbi Chama Bar says the case is like this where what happens? Ruven and Shimon show up in town and Sh- Ruven says, Listen, don't buy by me. My stuff is not good, right? I, I have inferior produce or my stuff is not tied. So Rami Bar Khama says, When do we not believe him? When we see that he brought his measuring utensils, his smoothing utensils, which also say indicates what? Indicates what? that his intention is to sell produce. If his intention is to sell produce, then why why is he directing us? towards his fellow merchant it could only be for one reason which is collusion therefore the Gemara says and therefore I'm going to both say say for what the Gemara is suggesting over here is that the Rabbanan under normal circumstances would not be chosesh for collusion but in this case the reason they say we don't believe ruvein merchant number one is because we see that he has clay of um naso he has the utensils of his, of his profession with him which indicates that he came to town to do business he came to town to sell produce now if he came to town to sell produce but now he's telling us to go to the next merchant that looks strange. That looks like collusion. So the Gemara says, "Where was this statement of Rabbi Chama bar Ukla made?" Aha! It was made on the following case. This is not because we learned. It was like Kedar is? is an individual, ultimately, who sells utensils. Sells utensils. So, utensil salesman, a jug salesman, that went and he put his, he put his jugs, he put his utensils down. And he set them down by the river, because he wanted to drink water. So, what's that, tahoros, The inner ones are Tahar, and the outer ones are Tame. But we learned, that both, both the inner ones and the outer ones are tame. So we'll say, so what's going on over here? What's the case over here? This is talking about an individual who was a salesperson, a salesman of, of kidaram, of, of drugs, of utensils. And what happened? So we we'll say, if you're a drug salesman, there's one thing you can be pretty sure of, which is what? When you go ahead and you bring your wares to market, so what's going to happen? Everyone's going to touch every single thing. So the assumption there for Abbas is what? Is that lemaisa your utensils are tummy. Utensils are tummy. So the Gemara says, vahatanya, vahatanya elu But we learned elsewhere in Abraissa that I suppose, I'm sorry, I skipped a piece. And Re'abar Ha'amah says, what's the case over here? B'shekli umnaso biyado. Where he has, he has literally his utensils that he usually uses to sell these other kidaram, whatever those utensils are, with him. In other words, that it's clear that he's selling these utensils. Therefore, the assumption is that people have touched them. Because people have touched them, the Braisa says, the inner ones are tahar, the outer ones are tahar. I we'll discuss what that distinction is in just a moment. So, the Gemara says, the Gemara says, v'hat but we learn, elu vi'ilu ta'oros, but we learn in another Braissa that all of the utensils are tahar. Am rabi bar khomo, amri amar Rabi khama bar ukva, when do we say that all of the utensils are tar? That's what we're both saying when he doesn't have the utensils with him that he normally uses when he sells his product. In other words, that he's not necessarily acting in the capacity as a salesman. If he's not acting in the capacity of a salesman, then what? Then we assume people don't touch his stuff. If we assume people don't touch his stuff, then they're all Tahar. So I don't understand. So then what did you mean before when you said that the inner ones are Tahar, but the outer ones... I mean we'll say, in words, It's either all or nothing if he's carrying his sale utensils with him, meaning if he's, I mean, if it's clear that he's doing business with these utensils, then what? Then what? What should be the status of the, of the, of the kidarim? Oh all, they should all be tummy, because the assumption is people are touching them. But if he's not carrying his clay um if he's not carrying his utensils, with which he normally conducts his business with, then it's clear that he's not selling the items, in which case all of them should be Tar. So why? But what does he mean in the brightest? It says the inner ones are tar, are tar and the outer ones are Tahr eh? To which the rest I'll tell you It's where he put his utensils down next to the public thoroughfare and It's because people from the from the public thoroughfare literally rub against the utensils and I will say look at Rashi for just a moment So says over here So Rashi says over here so we'll say, what happened is people, the people, wherever the people was, would construct, either would put large stones or posts by the edges of Rishon Sarabim. So we'll say, so often in Talmudic times, so public thoroughfares were, was, were, had walls on both sides. The problem is you needed a buffer between the restaurant and the wall because otherwise the wagons would rub against the walls, which ultimately over time erode the wall. So you used to have like a, like a barrier, like a barrier, you know, like, like kind of like you have today. I'm sorry? Well, it's more than a cone because it's solid. It's solid, right? Like a post, right? So you'd have like a barrier between, between the edge of the where you'd have like what we'll call vehicular traffic or wagon pedestrian traffic and the wall. So what happens? He says, so what's, what's the case over here? The case over here is where this Kedar salesman, this utensil salesman put his wares down by the side of the road where did he put it he put it pretty much right by right by the posts right by the <coughs> big stones that are the barrier for the shoppers so what happens pedestrians pedestrians rub against right they brush against those rocks or those posts all the time so when he put his utensils there the chances are that's what that pedestrians ameha aret brushed against it or walked over it and therefore what Conveyed tumma to those utensils. That's what the price it means when it says the outer ones. The outer ones are to The outer ones are a reference to what? Those that abutted the Rishisarabim. Those that were right nice next to Rishisarabim. But the penimios, the inner ones, refer to those ultimately that were not at the edge of the Sharabim, but rather were a little bit further in. Okay? So, what I say, therefore, again, so, so if we just stop over here for just a moment, we're not stopping here, but if, again, just to pause for just a moment, so what we have over here so far is. Now we have still have our fundamental machlokis <laughs> in our building. The Rabbanon means the Rabbanon allowing for an eight echad. To, to go ahead and make someone a coin for truma purposes, the Rabbanon rejecting an Eid Echad, apparently there are cases now normally again we say the Rabbanon are not Khoshish for collusion, and Rabbi Huda is, except again we saw a case where their positions are reversed their positions are reversed either because it's an issue of deny, or ultimately again because it was a situation where the, 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 the merchant was carrying his sale utensils with him, if he's carrying his sale utensils with him, but yet what? he's still directing people towards his fellow merchant that is a sure sign of collusion fine I think Gemara goes right V'i back to the previous Sujah V'i Ba'i Seyma L'Abbihudin Rabbana perhaps I will say what Rabbi Yudin Rabbana are really arguing about is a more fundamental dispute namely <coughs> what are the ramifications of allowing someone to eat truma? do we say that once a person is allowed to eat truma, that is almost that is like a seal of approval on his yichus as well, and perhaps that's what Rabbi Huden and the Rabbanon are agreeing, are are disagreeing about. The Rabbanon say just because someone does not, that, just because someone eats truma. Does not automatically mean that therefore they have proper Kohanic yichus. And therefore, we could believe in Eid Echad to go and allow someone to eat Truma, and we're not concerned that people are going to make an assumption about a coin's yichus based on that. Whereas, Rabbi Huda says absolutely incorrect. When people see someone eating Truma, they assume that what? Not only is he a coin for Truma purposes, but he's a coin for yichus purposes as well. And therefore, again, you can't allow someone to eat Truma on the basis of an Eid Echad. You're required to eat him. Look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says over here. The Malin Michumal Yuchsen, Rabbi Huddha Sabra Behuda holds Haroa Shamahi and Shumali Adam Bechaskas, Coin made la shu coin, O Malin Osli Yuchsen, Hilchok in Takilu Trumahare Atuma yola Sia Isha Vitame Lamishum Gominhu for Rabonas of here, the game suggesting this is not a machlog is about reciprocity or collusion. This is a machlog is about the ramifications of allowing someone to eat shuma is. Rabbi Huda says if people see a coin eating shuma, we assume that he's a yichus the coin is om Yuchus coin, And therefore they're going to End up marry, allowing him to marry a woman of of good yichus as well. We can't let that happen. Therefore, we need two witnesses. That Rabbanan say no. People don't assume that because you see someone eating truma that he's a miyuchas coin, and therefore we're not concerned that he may be that he may marry someone who is miyuchas on the basis of his eating truma. And therefore, we can believe in aleyachod ibaylo. So, we're going to asked the question. This is actually very interesting as well. Ma can you go ahead and can you elevate someone? Can you make someone a kohen miyuchas? Can in other words, Can you attest to someone's kohenic genealogy on the basis of what's written in a star? So the Koin "Well, Aid What's the case?" If you want to see we'll say they have the following case that ruven signed as a witness on a star. And on the witness, and, and, and the way how did he, he sign? He said, Ruven ben Yaakov Hakohen." Right? So, that, do we say now? Do we say based on that that he signed as a coin, That that's a sign that his yichus is intact? So the Gemara says, "Of course not." Right? Meaning you, you could sign your name however you want on a star, and no one is attesting to the validity of that. You could write coin Godel on it. Doesn't make it a Kohen Godel. listen to this. No, no, the Ksiv Bey. Anip cloni koin la visi manamploni vichasimi vichasimu Both say this is very interesting. What's the case? The case is where the star says that ha Hakoin borrowed money from Shimon. And the witnesses then sign on that shtar. So, so listen to this hakira. So the Gemara says, amana Amanas Shabishtar Kamisadi, Oldma Akula Milsa Kamisadi. When witnesses, this is fascinating, when witnesses sign on a document, when witnesses sign on a document, say, Edom, now sign on that. What are witnesses attesting to? Are they attesting to the transaction recorded in the star That Ruven borrowed $1,000 from Shimon. Or do they attest to all of the facts recorded in the star, Even what? Even the fact that Ruvain is a coin. Such a fascinating shayla. So So once said no. Well, if Ruvain is recorded as a coin in the shtar, that attests to his echos. In other words, that's another way of saying, then when witnesses sign on the shtar, they're not just simply attesting to the transaction, but they're attesting to what? To all of the information recorded in the document. Bahadam in another opinion said, no ain't malin. We do not go ahead and raise a coin up to, a, to be a miyuchas coin on the basis of the fact that it calls him a coin of the shtar. Why? We'll say, Because again, which makes sense, by the way, that you can't assume that witnesses did a genealogical check because this is not a genealogical shtar. Not like a ksuva. So we'll say, again, you can make a distinction. A ksuva witness is signing a ksuva, so yichas plays a very big role. When Reuven borrows a thousand dollars from Shivan, who cares what his genealogy is? What matters most is what? Is that we are testifying that he owes him a thousand dollars. Therefore, again, I will say, Ravchista, Rav excuse me says that just because it says that the borrower is a coin, the witnesses are not at all attesting to that or they 're not at all getting involved in that at all. All they are testifying to and lending their signatures to is the transaction, but nothing about the hijos. another question This Malalos is another interesting question. Now I will say, you should know, you know, these are very interesting shylists for us. Now today, today, these don't really have so much of a contemporary ramification because the truth is, the own, there's no truma. There's no truma. But in the days where there was truma, this is a big discussion about how you go ahead and attest that someone is actually a kohen. And I will say, of course, that's going to have ramifications in the Messianic era because, you know, the Gemara says that when Eliyahu Hanavi comes, so one of the first things he's going to do is he's going to straighten out yichos because there's no question... That there are Kohanim who think they're Kohanim who are definitely not Kohanim. There are people who are not Kohanim who are going to become Kohanim. So Eliana is going to, because which is which is understandable, because after thousands of years of diaspora and this and dispersion, family lines get get messed up a little bit. So that's interesting. So we'll see when Eliana comes. Let's see, it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out. So the is asking over here. Really, for, remember for truma purposes. For truma purposes for Truma purposes, you know, do we with a coin if a coin if, if engages in what we we'll call Kohanic behaviors, is that enough to allow Tumba? So another example, Ma Lalos mean the serious capaim Now both say can we say that if somebody's duchening? let's say I've seen I've seen Arana Coin duchening for the last 20 years. Is that enough to establish his yichos? Is that enough to say that he is a proper yichos? So the Gemara says, So I'll say, so this question is a question, both according to the opinion who says that if somebody's eating truma, then that, then that attests to their yichos, and according to the opinion who says that if they eat truma, it doesn't attest to their yichos. How so? So according to Mandam, who says that we can go ahead and go and go from truma to yichos, hanimili truma. No, it's only if a person eats truma that that attests to their yichos. Why? mise Because I will say, remember, if a non-kohen eats truma, this biblical truma, carries it to the death penalty. So chances are, if you are not a thousand percent sure about your yichos, it's just good advice. If you're not a thousand percent sure, right? Like, if, if, if you are not one of those, if you know, used to be, used to be there, now, today, they say there's pretty much only one, one Rappaport. Rappaport is one of the few families that are Kohanim Yuchasim. That they have, usually, if you're a Rappaport, but even now it's not as clear because there are different Rappaports. Right? But, right? And they're, no, except Rappaport and Arshul. They're, they're not Kohanim. Actually, but they also spell their names differently. It's interesting. So, again, Rappaports are Kohanim Yuchasim. It used to be that cats was also Kohanim Yuchasim because Katz was a contraction for Kohen Sadek. That's out the window because there are many, many cancers who are not going. But there are very few, there are very few mishpachos miyuchasos. So if you were not, let's say, a rapaport, chances are it would be a very bad idea to eat truma. Because as much as you think that you're a Kohen and your father thinks he's a Kohen, maybe even your grandfather, if you are not a thousand percent sure, the stakes are quite high. If you are wrong, you are consuming something that like carries the death penalty. So therefore, according to the Mandamu, it says that if you eat truma, if you eat truma, then ultimately again, that, that, that allows you to establish yourself as a koy miyuchas. It makes sense because if you're willing to eat truma, that's a pretty good statement of that what that you're pr- that you're positive that you're sure about your kohanic status. Allah the I getting up there to Duchen. So what happens if a non-coin gets up to Duchen? What happens if a non-coin gets duchen? The isra say The truth is it's not good, but you violated a positive commandment. Because there is this Kosivarukum says to the children of Aaron, you have to bless them. So if a non-coin, if a non-coin duchens, he's violating us say. So just because a non-coin is just because somebody's duchening, that's not a good value that they're a coin. So the Gemara says, O oh, Dilma, or the other possibility is. No shnah, perhaps it makes no distinction. And if somebody's willing to dochen, that also shows that what? That Lamaisa they're going. Or according to Lama, says that we do not go ahead and say that someone is a kohen miyuchas based on their willingness to eat truma. truma <laughs> because only truma is consumed in private. So therefore, again, you can't assume that because somebody eats truma that that attests to their yuchos. de But duchening, which happens in public. Ilav <laughs> Were it not for the fact that this person is a coin. Kule hai lo machzif in the shnafshe. A person would never have so much chutzpah to get up in duchin if what? If they were not really a bona fide coin. Or perhaps, Loshna, perhaps that makes no distinction to so which the so words. We'll so, which one is it? So, if chistev ravin or chistun ravin have a machlokias, chad malin, one says that if you duchin, that is an indication, that is a good enough indication about your yichus. And one opinion said that, no, we are not mala, we do not go ahead and raise a person up to the status of a coin based on his willingness to dochen. He asked this question pointedly. So do we say that if a person duchen's, that that's enough of an attestation to their yichus? Um, really up Samai. So what is the halacha, right? So meaning, what, so what's the bottom line? If somebody's is is that enough of uh, is that enough of a of a testimony of, of an uh, uh, attestation to their yichus? So says, the Gemara says. So he said, um, really, ana masnisa yidana." So, to, to actors, I know a brace. What does the brace say? This sanya, Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi says, "Gedol haChazakal." Chazokah is great. Chazaka is great. Now I mean Chazaka is strong. Now what does that mean? Shinemar and I here. We're gonna start this today, although we'll end up continuing this tomorrow. This is quite interesting. So the Gimari here quotes the Pasek from Ezra. And the remember when Ezra when when they come back from in the second temple, rebuild the second base on Mikdash, ultimately Ultimately, remember, a large portion of the Jewish people do not come with Ezra and Nehemiah; they stay behind. Specific, and there were two major issues. Levim, virtually no Levim showed up. This was amazing; virtually none of Levim showed up, which is why, by the way, they lost their Ma'aser Rishon. It was given to, it was given to the Kohanim, and the other big issue was rampant intermarriage among the Kohanim themselves so rampant intermarriage among the Kohanim poses two problems number one it poses a problem for the Kohanim himself the Kohanim is intermarried he may not do the Avoda that's number one and of course it poses major problems vis-à-vis their offspring in terms of being Halolin or maybe even not Jewish so the Yomari quotes the passage from the sons of Kohanim so these were all Kohanic families so these were all Kohanic families So so Nehemia required that these Kohanic families produce documentation that their familial lines were still pure. That their familial lines ultimately again were still still intact. They were unable to produce proper documentation and therefore what? And therefore literally they were turned away from the Kohona they lost their Kohanic standing. So we'll say Hatir Shasa said to him. They both we'll say, who is Hatir so Rashi points out who Nechemya ben We learned this before. Hatir is Nechemya. Why is why why is why was his name Hatir Shasa? Nechemya was the wine steward to the King Daryavesh. Well, one of the responsibilities you had as the wine steward is. You had to taste all of the wine prior to giving it to the king, which makes sense because one of the ways in which to, to show, your, to show your, your, your allegiance to the king, you're not trying to poison the king, is how drink the wine before. But obviously it's a big problem. Why? Because wine of a Gentile is forbidden for consumption. So, they call, so what happened? The rabbis gave Nehemia a special dispensation that he should be able to go ahead and drink. Because remember, if you, can, you can't drink what's called wine that's used ultimately, again, for idolatrous purposes. There is a British prohibition that covers all Gentile wine called the rabbis suspended their prohibition for Nehemiah. So they called him Hatir Shasa. Why? It's a contraction of two words. Hitir Shasa. They allowed him to drink. So Nehemiah says to these people, You may not go ahead and eat of Kodesh HaKadoshim, of sacrificial items, until... Until the Kohen Gadol stands before the Urim V'tum. Now, I'm going say, Neh points out over here, Ad Amod Urim V'tumim, Ke adam shomer Khavira ad shayyavu ha the urim v'tumim I yuma. The also, remember, there were no urim v'tumim in the second temple. So in other words, what, 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 what Nechemiah was saying to these families was, look, you've compromised your familial lines, therefore you may not eat of sacrificial items, literally until Mashiach comes, right? Until the coin is there for the urim v'tumim. The also, and I watched this just very quickly. He says, mm-hmm. So ultimately, Nehemiah says to them, "You, you kohanic families, you, you are able to maintain your chazaka." What did you eat when you were in the desk? When you were in bavel? Kachyagvul. means truma. You were eating truma. Now remember, truma is chusar. Says but you were eating truma. Av kan so, now that you came back, you could also continue to eat that which you were eating beforehand. And if you thought that what that you would go ahead and elevate someone to be a miyuchas coin based on duchening, then I will say what presumably these families were also duchening while they were in Babel. Now, the fact that we allow them to continue to duchen indicates to us what that we do not go ahead and establish someone as a coin miyuchas based on their ability to duchen, to which the Gemara says, shiny hacha has This was different over Kazabasa, because even if we allowed these families to duchen, it was well known that what? That their chazakah was eroded. So we're gonna stop with Rabasa kind of in the middle of the sugya, but just to explain what's happening over here, the Gemara is trying to focus on a simple question, which is that do are we mala minasias kapayim liyichos? Do we say that if we see a kohen duchening, that that is an indication that in fact he is a kohen miyuchos, that that is good for his yichos as well? So the Gemara wanted to prove from this whole story that you see from here that we don't say that just because someone is duchening, that that is an attestation to their yichos, because we see these families that came back from Babel they were not quantum yuchasim. They were they were not established as quantum yuchasim. They were not permitted to eat of sacrificial items. But yet what? Nikemia allowed them to continue to do all that they were doing in Babel. What were they doing in Babel? They were eating Truma and they were duchening. So when well, you see that the fact that he allowed them to continue duchening indicates to us what? That just because he sees someone duchening does not attest to their yichos. To which the Gemara says, this is not a fair comparison. Because in this case, everyone knew that these families were compromised. Everyone knew that. So because that even if they dukhened, then what? No one's going to establish their yichos based on duchening. But perhaps in other situations, seeing someone duchen should attest to their yichos. So we end up with a question. I mean that I'm to continue the suggestion tomorrow. Sure.